There are lots of reasons why we get our wires crossed when communicating with others. Some of it might have to do with our mood, our assumptions, our past experiences, the nature of the relationship between us and the person we're talking to, and even the bigger picture reasons such as race, gender, religion, and other identities that inform how we relate to one another. One trait that falls on the spectrum of communication obstacles is whether someone is coming from an introvert or extrovert perspective. Our question this episode, how do we honor our own introvert or extrovert style while being accommodating to others? Welcome to episode 36 of How Can I Say This, where we look to build connection and community through courageous conversations. I'm your host Beth Bilo, and I am so grateful that you've decided to join me. In this episode, we're going to look at how a particular energetic trait, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, influences how you communicate. This is fresh on my mind since I gave a keynote presentation in Chicago a week and a half ago on the topic. It was also the focus of my work from 2010 to 2018 so much so that i wrote a book related to the subject called the introvert entrepreneur a little bit of which i will share in this episode while i've expanded my business focus i still care very much about spreading the word about how introverts can live more fully in alignment with their strengths and their natural energy And since this isn't a topic that has come up specifically in this podcast, it felt like a great time to give it its own episode. Before jumping into the topic, I invite you to visit howcanisaythis.com for more information about this podcast. And from there, you can also access past episodes, subscribe, and find details about how to leave a review or offer feedback. And if you find this podcast useful, I hope you'll share it with your family, friends, and colleagues who you think might find it interesting. An occasional feature of this podcast is responding to listener questions about conflict, communication, connection, and relationship building. I welcome your questions for inclusion in a future episode. In our next episode, episode 37, we're going to be responding to a listener question from Jessica, who wrote to me and wants ideas on how to effectively and efficiently present detailed information to a boss who's always on the go. You'll find the online submission form and other instructions about how you can submit your own question at howcanisaythis.com. As we start unpacking this topic, let's start by defining introvert and extrovert. Because part of communicating better is not making an assumption that there's a common understanding and always being clear on the meaning of the words that we use. You heard me refer in the introduction to introversion and extroversion as energy. I prefer that word over looking at it as a personality trait even though that's how it is commonly categorized. That's because when we talk about it as personality, we're focusing on the outward manifestations of the trait, which reduces introvert and extrovert to just what people can see from the outside, which may or may not reflect what's actually going on on the inside. But when we go back to the original definitions from psychologist Carl Jung, we shift the focus from personality to energy, which moves us away from the stereotypes that introverts are shy and quiet and extroverts are super outgoing and noisy. 
here's a simple way to define introversion and extroversion energetically. Introverts gain energy from solitude and low stimulation environments and drain energy during social interaction and higher stimulation environments. We can go to the party, but we need lots of downtime to charge up our batteries so that we can have fun at the party, and then we need to have ample downtime afterwards so that we can decompress. Well, introverts and extroverts, I don't like to think of them as opposites. For our sake, I'm, I'm going to be speaking of them in a way that sounds like opposites. Because extroverts, when you talk about energy, they gain energy from social interactions and drain energy from too much alone time. They can go to that same party and usually they'll leave it more energized than when they walked in. I'm guessing that it was an extrovert who invented the concept of the after party. They are often ready to continue talking with people and having fun, whereas the introvert is usually ready to go home after the first party, let alone having the energy for an after party. Amberverts are somewhere in the middle. They don't have a set default. They can adapt to the situation and their mood more readily. Most of us cultivate an ambivert energy in order to survive in our culture. We can't always get what we want, so we have to learn how to be flexible. And I'd suggest that the degree to which we can be flexible is related to the degree to which we honor our natural preferences. Think about this right now for yourself. If you're feeling low energy and you need to recharge your batteries, what is your go-to method for doing that? Do you seek out people and activity? Or do you seek out quiet and alone time? Or do you say, it depends? For instance, my default will almost always be quiet and alone time. The exception might be if I've had an overdose of quiet, and I have experienced that before, and I need interaction to get my brain kicked back into gear. Because Even though my preferred way to energize is through solitude, I still need people. We all need people. We're social creatures. And even though extroverts are energized by people, even they can hit their limit and need serious alone time. Whichever way you lean, you'll experience more balance and productivity, as well as better relationships, when you can figure out what you need most and then choose to honor that need. When we can share with clarity what we need and why we need it, we improve our interpersonal relationships. We can clear the air, so to speak, about assumptions that someone is making because of our behavior. Here's an example. If I need time alone and I want to go for a walk, when my husband asks me if I want company, I can say no in a way that doesn't create a story in his head that I'm upset with him or don't enjoy his company. Now, fortunately for me, my husband is also an introvert, so it doesn't take much for me to have to explain why I want to be alone. But even so, we can all make up stories about why someone wants to be alone or doesn't want to be alone. And it's always helpful to have the right language to be able to talk about it. And instead of someone thinking that we're mad or inconsiderate, stonewalling or overbearing, we can have language that helps us to explain those choices. 
knowing that our friends and family and colleagues might perceive our actions as being any of those things when it's not really what we mean. If we can talk about it, then we can head off any potential tension or argument by being upfront with what's going on. And finally, when we have higher self-awareness of these traits and our energies, and we're aware of how they might show up in other people, we can use that awareness to increase our personal efficiency and effectiveness. We won't spin our wheels trying to get someone to do a task the way we think it should be done, because we acknowledge that everyone is different. And With that self-awareness comes an opportunity to have some strategies to more gracefully navigate those differences. So at this point in the episode, I'm going to share some content from my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, that focuses on how to close the communication gap. Here's the quote that I share at the start of this section of my book. I know that you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. That was said by Robert McCloskey. And I would say that pretty much sums it up, don't you think? That level of confusion, you might have think you understood what I said, but I'm not sure you heard what I meant. You probably can see at least one way that introvert and extrovert communication differences can cause problems in the workplace and at home. Let's consider a common occurrence. An extrovert manager wants to call a team meeting to solve a problem that has just come up. Within that team, there is a mixture of introverts and extroverts. The manager decides to have a freewheeling discussion about the problem, expecting to act immediately after the meeting. The extroverts dive right in, brainstorming and thinking aloud. There is little to no time lapse between their thought and their speech. Meanwhile, the introverts are taking in the information and turning it over in their minds, thinking through various scenarios and solutions. Before they even say a word, they may have considered and dismissed several ideas. Rather than talking stream of consciousness, they wait until they have a fully formed idea before speaking. In the meantime, the manager has moved on, the extroverts have all had their say, and the meeting comes to an end. The introverts may or may not have gotten a chance to chime in, and so several of them choose to have one-on-one conversations with the manager or key people after the meeting. We can look at it this way. Introverts tend to measure twice and cut once. This can lead to impatience on the part of both personality types. Extroverts want introverts to think and speak up faster. Introverts want extroverts to slow down and leave space for more thinking. Without understanding that these tendencies are about as hardwired as brown eyes or blonde hair, people can go through life thinking introverts are withholding and slow, and extroverts are nonstop blabbermouths. And of course, we know those are untrue stereotypes, and part of this conversation is about breaking through those stereotypes. So while a zebra can't change its stripes, it can adapt to its environment enough to survive and thrive. So here are a few quick tips to help smooth things out when communication gets a little rocky. 
When you're talking to introverts, give them adequate time to think through a question or a problem. If at all possible, don't put them on the spot and demand immediate answer. Give them some space to think things through and potentially even offer their thoughts in writing or just at a later time. Offer to provide as much advance information as possible about a situation and be prepared to answer questions. Introverts like to be both prepared and clear about expectations. Ask if written information is preferred because often too much out loud sharing or, you know, that kind of verbal brainstorming can be ultimately counterproductive for the introvert because they're going to have better thoughts if they have time to think. You may find that you need to intentionally call on an introvert in group discussions, asking things like, do you have anything you'd like to add? Or what do you think? Avoid calling attention to the relative silence with things like, you're awfully quiet over there. Chances are the introvert is quiet externally because he's actively listening and forming a response in his head. Don't compose elaborate stories, make assumptions, or read anything into his silence. When in doubt, just ask. When talking with introverts, get comfortable with pauses, longer silences, and nonverbal cues. The pace of a conversation with an introvert feels different because she's thinking before she speaks. Once she does start talking, refrain from interrupting or finishing her sentences for her. Now, when you're talking to extroverts, give them time and space to process out loud and leave space for the faster energy that they project. It's by thinking out loud and processing out loud that they come to their conclusions. Listen carefully and be prepared to interrupt if you need to make a point. Extroverts aren't necessarily going to pause or make room for you. Jump in as needed and use your body language to reinforce your point. We've all seen that when somebody wants to you know, speak up, um, we can lean in a little bit, we can um, make a hand gesture, we can do an intake of breath, um, you know, nod our head and, and kind of start to say something. Often those kinds of cues are all you need to do to be able to jump into a conversation. And understand that extroverts speak to think. They may change their mind after some time away from a conversation. So just be ready for that possibility and don't necessarily think that just because they said it, that is the final word on the subject. And be aware that extroverts make decisions often based on external feedback. So be direct and forthcoming when you are giving your feedback. Give it in a way that feels comfortable to you and that the extrovert can absorb. That might be a combination of one-on-one -on -one conversations, putting something in writing, or even doing a little brainstorming. And ask them what information they need. Most likely, it's a broad overview or a summary of the situation, rather than lots of depth or detail. Understanding and respecting differences in communication style is essential to building positive and productive relationships. Without that understanding, we can personalize and make assumptions, as well as misinterpret what another person is saying. Patience is important as in allowing space for someone to say, you know, I need time to think about this and then I'll get back to you. Or it would be really helpful to me if we could talk this through and you just listen and be a sounding board. When we know what works for us, we can ask for what we want. And sometimes that's all that's needed to keep bad communication from happening in the first place. 
One final tip for both energetic types that circles back to something I just mentioned. Consider how you feel about interrupting someone when they're talking, and as appropriate, get more comfortable with using it as a tool to enhance your communication experiences with one another. For instance, and I know that I'm generalizing, but please bear with me. In general, extroverts will see interruptions as engagement and excitement. If you're interrupting while they're talking, they're not seeing it necessarily as an interruption, but just a dialogue, you know, the conversation going back and forth, kind of like a tennis match. For introverts, we will often interpret interruptions as rude. We feel like, okay, I'm finally getting to speak, and now you're interrupting me, and that is inconsiderate. So you can see why we would have these different expectations and perceptions of the role of interrupting in conversations. And there are exceptions, of course, where an extrovert would see an interruption as rude or an introvert would be happy that you interrupted. But generally speaking, I've gotten anecdotal affirmation that there is some truth to this. You have to be discerning about when and how to interrupt, but doing so could make the difference between being frustrated because you feel like someone is trying to talk you into submission or that they aren't interested in what you have to say because they don't seem to be engaged in the conversation. As for a few final how-can-I-say-this tips, here are some phrases that you can use to ask for what you need in a situation. For the introverts, when do you need an answer by? I'd like to think about this and get back to you. What if I sent you my thoughts later in an email? I'll have a better answer for you if I can think through it for a little while and then get back to you. Can we take a few minutes on our own to think before sharing? And what do you need from me? Extroverts, here are some phrases for you. It would be useful to me if we could talk this through. What I need most right now is, and then you can ask for what you need. That might be, I need for you to listen to me or to give me feedback or act as a sounding board. Asking someone, is now a good time to talk about this? I offer this one because introverts can often outwardly not look like they're doing anything, but as I've said, they're processing internally and thinking quietly, and so while they might not appear to be active on the outside, they could be very busy on the inside. So it's always a good idea, especially with an introvert, to just ask, is now a good time to talk about this? And then finally, for extroverts to invite others, interrupt me if you need to as a way of acknowledging, you know, I'm going to share a lot of information, so please just jump in as you need to. Your call to action is to do some reflection on which energetic type you most identify with and consider your own style of communication. Do you act in ways that honor your natural tendencies? The most important tip I can offer is to ask for what you want and need to be successful. So to that end, do you ask for what you want? Notice when you avoid asserting your needs, even if there's an opportunity to do so. What would it take for you to be clear in the moment about what would serve you and the situation best? What's good for you is often good for others. You can provide better information and be more productive and ultimately happier if you're able to work and communicate according to your preferences and how your brain works best. So I invite you to take every opportunity to ask for what you want. For example, a couple of years ago, I was part of a discussion group that decided to watch a short video as a catalyst for our conversation. 
We watched the video, and then someone immediately said, "Okay, what do you think?" Well, as an introvert, I don't know what to say because I don't know what I think yet. I don't process aloud that way, or at least if I do, it's not always entirely comfortable. So in that case, I said, "Would it be okay if we had a couple of minutes of quiet to make some notes before we jump into the discussion?" My request was graciously received, and I'm guessing there were a few others in the group who appreciated that opportunity for quiet as much as I did. Practice making bold requests for what you need, and first, you'll notice that it's not a big deal, and second, you'll experience relief that you're able to communicate in a way that you feel confident about. Join me for our upcoming episodes that include interviews with experts about the communication challenges inherent in having five generations in the workplace, what ethical and considered business communication can teach us about how to have better conversations about politics, and how to increase interfaith awareness and inclusivity in organizations. I'm really excited about all of those conversations. They're going to be really fabulous and full of lots of great information. So I hope that. You'll listen in and share the podcast with your friends. This is Beth Bilo, and you've been listening to How Can I Say This? Our podcast producer is Paul Messing, and our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I invite you to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously. <laughs>